Hello, welcome. Yes. Welcome to Cape Christian. Welcome to week two of Gamer. I want to welcome those who are online. I am so glad that you have joined us. And last week, Pastor Corey kicked off this amazing series with a story. And it was a story about him and his cousins were at his aunt and uncle's house because they had a PlayStation where they could play Mario. And back in the day, because he's really old, don't tell him I said that. Um, back in the day when you had to go through the whole thing and if you missed something or you died, you had to go back to the beginning and you had to do it. And they were at the place where they had gotten to like the last world, farther than they'd ever gotten before. And they were so excited. And their aunt came in and said, okay, boys, it's time to go to bed. No. And so they knew that they were going to lose all of their progress. And so they decided to leave it on so that in the morning they could continue. But of course, they didn't tell the aunt. And his aunt saw in the dark room where she was going to bed that there was a light on that didn't need to be on, so she turned it off. <gasps> when they woke up the next morning, they were heartbroken, devastated. Yes, he talked about that his cousin lost his mind. No, this can't happen. And I can tell you that I can fully relate to that, but not to the boys. I can relate to the aunt. I am the one who will tell my boys, it's time to stop playing the game. It's time to go to bed. It's time to do your homework. It's time to stop. I am a gamer mom. I am surrounded by gamers. I have two boys and a husband, and video games have been a part of my life <laughs> since I got married. And one of the things that when way back in the day when I was a mom of little ones, and when we, we first they first got their first taste of video games. It was by sitting with their dad, playing with unconnected controllers. And both the boys would sit down next to them and they were like, we are awesome at this. We are winning this game. And then when they got their own, they got old enough to actually play, it absolutely was me that was saying, hey boys, it's time to stop. You need to stop the game. And then I would hear the whole, Oh, mom, no, not right now. Five more minutes. And of course, the first time I was totally suckered into that lie. <laughs> Five more minutes, mom. And then I'm like, 10 more minutes. Okay, it's time to stop. No, no, mom, please, no. Oh, no, it's time to pause the game. And they could pause the game. By the time my boys came along, they had a button that you could pause it. And they wouldn't lose their progress. And they wouldn't lose their minds because they could pause it. The pause button is my favorite button on the controller. And I got really good at the countdown. I got really good, really quick at going, okay, boys, 10 minutes, and you have to press pause. Hey, boys, five minutes, and you have to press pause. Two minutes, and you have to press pause. Okay, you have to press pause now. And then they would give me no, mom, I can't. And I was like, oh, really? Because you're going to lose everything. I'm tired. I just, you, I never knew that being a mom, first off, being a mom is a very humbling experience because I never knew that something that was inanimate and on a screen could make me so angry and frustrated. No, you have to press pause. Do you have any moms that could relate with that? Oh, it's a life. 
It's a beautiful life. And I don't love video games, but the people I love love video games. And so I absolutely have learned to have a relationship with them, to see the benefits, and to give them a good countdown when it is important to stop the game. You know, it's that thing where I want to go, look, there's a sky. <laughs> the grass is green. Let's do something. Let's get you out of the house. It is absolutely time to press pause. We are in week two of Gamer, and when Jesus was walking the earth and he came with a message about who God was and what God was like, and he shared that message with people who were Jews, with people who were Gentiles, he went out on the streets and he told anyone who would listen that the kingdom of God was for them. The kingdom of heaven, and what that means is that's where God rules and God reigns and God's heart is done and seen and moved. And Jesus came with this message that said, hey, the kingdom of God is at hand. And all that means is it's as close as your hand and you can reach out and be a part of it. If you're within the sound of my voice, the kingdom of God is at hand. And then he would tell stories. He would use stories that the people there and then could relate to. And those stories, he would say, the kingdom of God is like. And he would use something like a seed because it was an agricultural society. And they totally understood what farming was and all those things so that when he used that example, they would learn a spiritual truth in a way that they could understand it. And the reason that we're doing Gamer is the same reason. We're doing the same thing because we are taking a modern example of something that we understand and saying, hey, the kingdom of God is like a video game. The kingdom of God is like Super Mario World. It has a designer. There was somebody who designed the game from beginning to end. That designer knows what he designed it for, and he knows what he designed each and every character for. He knows that there will be obstacles that you have to face, and he also knows that there's power-ups and help along the way. He also knows there is an end game. Now, this particular end game is to save Princess Peach, and I want you to know we're representing the girls. We got girl power this weekend. We are representing, there is an end game for this game, but God's end game for you is to have a relationship with you. And that is what Jesus came to do. And Jesus came to speak about that relationship. Now, since the days when my boys were little, they're not little anymore. Um, they are 20 and 22 now, so they're young men. Um, and I'm sure they're probably totally embarrassed that I'm going to tell some stories about them, but that's okay. I'm the mom. I get to do that. Um, when my boys were little, the games were simpler, and they could press pause. And, you know, the graphics were simple. The music was simple. The goal was pretty simple. It was pretty clear. But in the last 20 years, these video games have become really complex. Like the music is amazing and the story is amazing. And the characters, you can, there's so many characters to choose from. You've got Call of Duty and you've got Fortnite and, and we've got missions upon missions upon missions and you can add on things. And it's exhausting watching my boys do it. And here's what's another thing that's changed is that video games these days 
pausing isn't even an option. You can't even pause because why? Because it's live stream. They are playing with other players all over the world and they have a mission that they need to win and you cannot stop. There is no stopping. You have to absolutely finish your mission and if you die, you have to respawn really fast and you have to get back to that mission. You just can't stop. Well, not only have video games changed, but I think our society has also changed and we have shifted to a place where we have begun to live our lives without pausing that we can get so involved and so busy and so working towards a goal. And there's this internal striving of, I can't stop. I can't stop. I have to keep going, especially if you're a mom. I mean, if you're a mom, it is one of those things that, uh, one, I want to honor you, and I want to thank you for what you are doing and what you are, um, who you are raising. And it is this great, wonderful gift that we get to be a part of. And it's exhausting. One of the things that I did not know about being a mom was sleep deprivation. (laughs) And that this one thing would impact so much of the early years with my boys that I could smile in a picture but I was exhausted and I was like, I just have to, we get up and pretty soon. And then, you know, just the responsibility of keeping little people alive, that's a lot and it's never ending. And so you get into, you can absolutely get into this thing where I, I can't stop. I have to keep going. I have to keep going, but God didn't create you to just keep going. God created you to pause and stop and look around. We have lost the power and the importance of the pause. The definition of of gamer that Pastor Corey gave last week is this. A person who is known for consistently making a strong effort. A person who is known, so it's not just somebody who plays video games, it's not just an athlete, but we call a gamer someone who can consistently make a strong effort. And I love that definition because We can make a strong effort in a lot of ways in our life. We can, and if you put your effort towards your family, towards parenting, towards your relationships, towards your job, towards your dreams, you can see amazing things. And God created us to be gamers. He put it in us to do that. But it also means that if we don't stop every once in a while, we could be playing the wrong game. Or we can miss the point of the game because we're just working and working and working and working. And we need to pause. A great scholar said this, life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around once in a while, you could miss it. Today's message is about taking some time to pause and look around at where you're at, at where you're going, and making sure that you're running the right race, playing the right game, the one that God created you to play, you to live. Now we're looking at this series through the lens of the life of Paul. And Paul was this amazing man. He's credited with with writing two thirds of the New Testament. And a lot of them were written on his missionary journeys and he planted churches and he spread the message of Jesus. And Paul was this person that he was the last person that you think God would choose to use, literally. He was like opposed to Jesus. He was killing Christians. And God stopped him on the road to Damascus 
And he said, why are you persecuting me? And Paul said, who are you? And he says, I am Jesus. And right there, Paul's like, I'm on the wrong team. I'm in the wrong game. I need to change my life. And he did. He was a gamer. He made a strong effort both ways. And when God got a hold of him, he became one of the most powerful people planting and telling people about the good news of Jesus Christ. And he said this in 2 Timothy 4, 6, and 7, and he was writing this to his protege, and he was telling Timothy this. He said, the time for my departure is near. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. He was coming to the end, and he knew that in his body that he was. And he was like, but here's the thing. In the last however long it has been, 14, 20, however long it's been, I have fought the good fight, the right fight. I have run the race. And you know, sometimes you can be fighting, but I wanna ask you, are you fighting the good fight? Are you in the right fight? Or are you just fighting? It is easy to get in the habit of just fighting. I was raised in a house that we fought a lot. My mom taught me how to fight verbally, not, not physically, verbally. But so then you can get in a habit of really being able to fight. And I want to win. But I've learned being married that a conversation is not to win or be right. A conversation is to understand and to hear. I want to be in the right kind. I want to fight for my marriage, not against it just because I want to fight or be right. I want, to run, I want to run my race, not what somebody else expects of me, not what I thought I should do, but the one that God has given me to do now. And I want to keep the faith. What a beautiful thing to say, right? As you are heading, as you are setting towards eternity, that I believe that what God has planned for us to be, to do as we follow Jesus, is that as we get closer to eternity, we learn how to trust him more and more and more. So that when we cross over, it's like seamless. We go from this time to God's time, which is eternity, and we are stronger than ever. Yes. I love that. I want to live that life. And then about 14 years after um, Jesus stopped Paul on the road to Damascus, 14 years later, we see Paul taking a pause. And he goes up to Jerusalem, and he takes Titus, and he takes Bartimaeus, and then he tells the a church in Galatia, the reason why he did it. And that is in Galatians 2.2. He writes this, I went in response to a revelation and meeting privately with those esteemed as leaders, I presented to them the gospel that I preach among, amongst the Gentiles. I wanted to make sure I was running and not had been running my race in vain. So he was having this problem where he thought, what if I've been doing all of this, but I'm running it in vain? I'm wasting my time. And what was happening in the church at that time is that there was this big contention that was coming up about what to do with Gentiles in the new church, the new community of Jesus followers. Because Jesus, the first Jesus followers were really Jewish. Those disciples, those 12 that became apostles, which is a word that just means sent out, that those first ones, they were Jewish all the way down to their toes. They knew all the things. And as they spread the gospel of Jesus, um, 
they were mostly Jews. And then in Acts 10, we see that Peter opened the door for Gentiles. And he invited, said, it doesn't matter where you're from or what you know or what you don't know. What matters is who Jesus is and what he's done for you. And that you, all you have to do is have faith in who he is and what he has done. Well, they were having problems with that because there was a big group of people who were saying, hey, we love Gentiles. Come be a Christian. But in order to be a Christian, you got to become a Jew. You got you to do all the things. You got to keep the law of Moses. You got to do all our rituals and all of our customs. And for you to be a Christian, because Jesus came through the Jewish people, for the Jewish people, you need to become the Jews. And Paul says, I came up to preach the gospel that I preach. And the gospel that, that Paul preached to the Gentiles was that all you need is faith in Jesus. That's it, and you're right with God. You trust him, that what he did through his life is you follow him through his death and resurrection, and you are reconciled to God. It isn't a Jesus plus gospel. And that's what Paul was saying. He was like, oh, no, no. It's not Jesus plus here do the right things and check off the boxes. That's not the gospel. It's not Jesus, oh, you've got Jesus, that's great. Well, you need to come, you need to start dressing like we dress, you need to go to church when we go to church, you need to sing our songs, and then, then you'll be saved. No, Jesus plus anything else is not good news. It's old news. The old news from the beginning, which is this, you have to work and earn your way to be right with God. You gotta be good enough for God. But that's old news. The good news for Jesus is that you don't have to work to be approved by God. You have to trust in the work Jesus did, and you are approved and worked by God. It is about his work. And Paul wanted to make sure and clear that that was happening in the church of Jesus. He said, I wanted to make sure I was running and not running my race in vain. He wanted to make sure he wasn't wasting his time, and he wasn't. And one of the things that over the years that I have realized is that time is important. It, goes, it does go really fast. And I do need to take a pause every once in a while to see where I'm at. And God has used a verse in Psalms, and it's a prayer, actually, and it's Psalms 90:12. And in Psalms 90:12. It's a verse that says this. It says, Lord, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Lord, teach us to number our days so that we can gain a heart of wisdom. The message version says this. Oh, teach us to live well. Teach us to live wisely and well. This is what we're talking about. This is why pressing pause is so important because it's easy to get busy, but what's important is that you're busy doing the right things with the right people, building the right relationships. And so it's time to take a pause. To ask God to number our days is to acknowledge the truth that time is limited. You know, God exists outside of time. He exists in eternity and he exists in time, but you and I, we only exist in time, and that time is limited. We are born into this world, and we will pass away from this world, and we don't know how long that will be. 
Time is limited and therefore precious. God's given you an allotted amount of time. And he wants you to know that he's the designer. He knows what he made you for. And he knows how he wants you to live in this time and through this time. And, but if you don't think time is precious and you've got all the time in the world, you could waste your life. Maybe you feel like you have been wasting your life or you feel like you've been wandering around not sure what you're doing. Maybe today is the day that you go, oh no, I don't have any more time to waste, God. I want your will for my life right now. Time is precious and because it is limited. One of the things that I started to do when the boys were little was keep a moment journal to help me number my days, to help me remember them. I came across a quote that says, we don't remember days, we remember moments. And that helped me so much because the boys were around four and five years old, and which meant that was like two, or th- two and three, and, and they're only two years apart. So they were babies, and I was just overwhelmed because it really did feel like I was just getting up in the morning, I was getting them dressed, I was feeding them, you put them down for a nap, you do all these things, and then it's time to go to bed, and you get up the next morning, you do it again. Maybe throw in a few birthday parties, doctor's appointments, you do that. And I was overwhelmed with that because I'm like, I can't even remember what happened in the last hour, much less than, and so to go, oh, but you don't remember days anyway. We remember moments. So I started keeping track of moments. And it was one of the best things that I did to capture some moments. I want to share some of them with you. Um, The first one, let's see here. The first one is um, Justin telling Bobby, who is my husband, um, when my husband came home from work, he said, Dad, you broke the bottom shelf in the refrigerator. <laughs> and my husband was like, I don't think so. I haven't been here. And it was because Justin had, was trying to climb up to get the ice cream. He opened the door and he broke it. He was trying to blame his dad. Um, and then the, the another moment, I have Bobby tickling and wrestling with the boys and hearing them all laugh. It was a moment that I wanted to remember. The next moment was uh, I had put the boys to bed, and I had closed the door, and I was leaning in with my ear next to the door, and I could hear Justin praying, and I wrote it down. And Justin and Kyle were praying in their room, and Justin says, Jesus, could you help me? I want Star Wars to be real and a new toy. Can you help Kyle not hit me? And dad was cheating me today. And then I put in parentheses, God beat, oh God, uh, Bobby beat him in video games. And Justin was pretty sure dad was cheating in video games. And then he says, and can you give me real Star Wars powers? And then Kyle says, Kyle, at the end of every sentence, would say, in Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. He just wanted to go to bed, and he was trying to get Justin to, um, to be tea done. Love it. Love that moment. The last one is here. This is me, and it's the moment of the day is being exasperated and exhausted, getting the boys in and out of the bath and ready for bed, looking at them and saying, I love you, I love you, 
and having them both tackle me with kisses and hugs. Life moves fast. You don't stop every once in a while. And look around, you could miss it. Time is precious and limited. Don't waste it. In fact, whatever time you have, make it worth it. Make it worth your time. Make it worth your while. I started to um, have this little list that every once in a while, when the season changed, I would get it back out and say, what will make this worth your while? Make this season. And you know, experts say that every five to seven years, your season changes. Your life changes. New job, new relationship, new stage of life. I think that as a mom, that that was much less. I think that every year and a half to three years, my life would completely change depending on where the boys were. And there were seasons in my life where I stayed home and I was a stay-at-home mom. Although, can I tell you, I don't know why we call it that. I was never at home. I was driving, I was picking people up, I was dropping them off, I was taking them to church, I was taking them, I was in the car all the time. It should be staying car moms, that's what I am. I'm a staying car mom. But I remember that I got this little list out and it's a little list with questions and these are the questions. That it is, what season are you in? What is your focus? What is your top priority in this season? And what would make this season worth your while? And when the boys, when I was a stay-in-car mom, um, I wanted to make sure that I made the most of the time I got to spend with them on the way to, to school. It's time that could easily slip by. And to be able to listen to them and talk to them and ask them how their day was. Because there was going to be a day that I couldn't ask them that. And that day has arrived. They both have cars. I don't have any in-car time with my kids anymore. If I want to know how their day is, I have to text them. I have to call them. I have to go chase them instead of them chasing me. Mom, mom. Now I'm like, boys, boys, what you doing? <laughs> the season has changed. There were times, so I, was, I, I stayed at home. And then there were seasons when I worked full time. And that was a hard season to change into, but it was absolutely necessary. I needed to. And you know, every season has its gifts and its challenges and its blessings and its sacrifices. When you stay at home, you're sacrificing. When you are working, you are sacrificing. The point is, make sure you're sacrificing for the right thing. Know the season you are in and what's important now. What is the season you're in? What is your top priority right now? And maybe you don't know. Can I tell you, you can ask God, he knows. You have a designer that designed you. He knows what character you are, what gifts you have, and how to develop them to make the most of this time. Time is limited and precious. Don't waste this time. Make it worth it. And the last thing is invite God into this time. I know that whenever I stop and look around at where I'm at and I go, it's a good time to go, wow, look at how much has changed. But sometimes, especially if you're running pretty hard, if you're really busy, or if you're in a season where the weight is on your shoulders really heavy, that you're in a space where when you stop and you see where you are, you're not like excited, like woohoo. You're like depressed. You're like, this is not where I wanna be. 
And you'd rather be in the season you just were, or you'd rather be in the next season coming, but you don't want to be right here, right now. But can I tell you that's where God meets you? He meets you right here, right now. And so it is a powerful, um, it's a powerful thing to go, what's the reality of my reality right now? Where am I? And then invite God into that and ask him, where do I need to be and how do I get there? If you're in a place that you don't want to be, ask God to help you out because he will. He knows the journey that you've been on. He knows what's brought you here and he knows the plan that he has to help you become who he created you to be. You know, in a game, in order to get to the next level, you have to face obstacles. And I don't play games. Like I said, I watch people play games. But I know that in order to get the next level, you have to defeat something. And that the first time you do it, you fail completely. And then you learn from it. And then next time you get a little bit farther and then you fail completely. And then I have watched my boys just over and over again, you know, and to me, it's like banging your head on the wall. Like they're, I don't know what they're doing. They're throwing things, they're killing things, they're climbing things, they're trying not to fall off things, but they're figuring it out and they don't wanna stop because they wanna get to the next level. But when life throws us things, we forget that God has already given you what you need to keep going, to learn from the mistakes. You have it in you. He put it in you to get to the next level. Don't give up. Don't stop. Keep throwing yourself against it and then ask God, God, help me get out of this level into the next. I'm tired of being here. Invite God into this time. Where are you? What season are you in? Are you caught in a cycle of not looking around to see where you are? Are you just working and working and working? Do you find yourself so exhausted that you don't even remember what you're living for or why you're doing what you're doing? If that's true, it's time to pause. It's time to stop life, to look at the time you're in, or maybe you're just in a busy season. And you don't want the busy season to um, distract you from the right things. You know, Jesus didn't say, follow me and be very busy. He said, follow me and I'll show you how to have a relationship with God. And there are busy seasons, but even in the busiest of seasons is when you need to pause, when you need to find out where you are, when you need to take the time to make sure that it isn't slipping away from you. And maybe you're here and you need more than to press pause in your life. You do need to invite God into this time, but it's more like what Pastor Corey said last week, you need to hand over the controller of your life to God. You need to release and say, I don't know what, I don't know how to get out of where I am and I don't know where I'm going, but God, I thank you for the good news of Jesus. The good news that it's not about me being good, it's about God being good. The good news that he's a father that wants to have a relationship with you and because of what Jesus did for you, there's nothing stopping him. That he's with you right now and he says, if you trust me, I can take you where 
I created you to go. I can help you become who I created you to be. I love you. Jesus says, I laid my life down for you so that this life is not the end, just the very beginning. We got a whole eternity to know, to love, to be loved. That's the end game. That's the real end game. So I want to end this time in a moment of prayer and give you an opportunity to ask God to meet you where you are and to invite him into this time. Will you bow your heads, please? God, I thank you for this time and this message and these moments where your spirit comes in and helps us know what time it is. And if there's things in our lives that we need to stop and let go of, I pray, Lord, that you would bring them to our minds and that we'd trust you and we'd stop and we'd let go. And if it's time to start some new things and take new steps, Holy Spirit, you'd give us the power to do it. If you're here today and you are exhausted and just tired of living a nonstop life, I want you to just repeat after me this simple prayer. Say, dear Jesus, I need to pause. Show me where I'm supposed to be. What's the right thing to be doing in this season? I want your plan for my life. In Jesus' name, amen.